All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Why Influence podcast. Uh, today we got an awesome guest. His name is Dick, and he's got a influencer uh, agency where he helps influencers get paid sponsors. So he's acting as that middleman between uh, companies that want to get their you know mission and content out there, and the influencers who have that those communities. And he's constantly like having those conversations, negotiating with people. So. Um, and you've got uh, your own podcast yourself. You've, you're a creator yourself. Um, you've, you mentioned in the meetup prior to this that even Nickelodeon had reached out to you about your grandmother shooting some hoops, uh, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for coming here on the show today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Jeremy. And uh, I'm super, super excited. I've, I've actually, when we first met, it was because I found your podcast and I watched a couple of episodes, including the one where your wife interviewed you. And I was like, man, this, this is really good content. And I uh, reached out to you and I'm super excited. So let's rock. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for reaching out. That was, that was pretty cool that you were like, hey, you know, watch this episode. And now here we yeah. are. Yeah. I think originally it was just because I wanted to attend your meetup. And I was like, I just want to meet your community. And then uh, it evolved from there. So super pumped. Yeah. Yeah. You came to the meetup and then, uh, you know, people asked questions and you like engaged and you just had a couple moments where you shared and it was just value bomb after value bomb. So I was like, man, I got to get you back to be a speaker in the community. <laughs> and then, you know, we, it evolved to being also on the podcast here. Awesome. Well, let's rock. What questions you got? All right. Well, first of all, um, I want to hear what it is that you do from, from your side. So can you tell us a little bit about like an elevator pitch about your personal yeah. sharing and then, you know, your business? Yeah. So, um, Continue listening if you are a an influencer who is just getting started and maybe wants to learn more about how to get your first branding deal or your first sponsorship deal and start monetizing your content creation. Uh, keep listening if B you are a company or maybe a, a younger company who you know quite hasn't, quite hasn't had the experience reaching out to influencers and how to manage those relationships and and begin those campaigns and how to measure the return on your investment. Um, or C, if you're just super curious about how uh, the influencer marketing realm works and you want to know from an agency's perspective, because we work both with, we represent influencers as their agent, and we also um, represent companies as our clients. So we broker deals both ways. Um, so that's primarily the context that I'm hoping to provide the value for today. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll, we'll yeah. be linking everything in the in the description and in the show notes for this so that any, anyone can go to your LinkedIn or, or go check out your content. Perfect. Uh, so first of all, I want to ask, um, you know, have you ever impacted anyone as a result of sharing? So like, you know, is, is there a story that comes to mind that, you know, as a result of doing what it is that you do and sharing that, uh, have you had kind of anybody that said like, hey, you know, this made an impact on me? Yeah. Uh from the content creator side, so Online Growth Systems is the company, and I can talk about that next, but from Dick Polipnik, from my personal brand, The Dick Polipnik Show, um, probably my favorite story of impacting someone's life directly is, you know, we've, we get the emails, you know, about once a week. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a smaller influencer personally, but um, we get those influencer or we get those emails once a week saying, hey, I just watched this video and you changed my business model. You know, my business plan is improved. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And we've even had some companies that have won business competitions. They've signed investors for their you know seed round because of a video that they saw, and they reached out to me and said, "Hey, you don't know who I am, but I've been following your stuff for a couple of years. I just want to let you know that you helped me take my business from napkin idea to um, a funded startup, and we we've got half a million dollars in the bank from an investor, right? So we've got those stories. But my personal favorite is actually one that was extremely personal and internal. So our company online growth systems also produces my podcast. Uh, I'm, also, I'm my own client or I'm my, my own company's client. And um, Joy uh, was, uh, she was our content manager for several of our clients, including the Dick Polipnik show, uh, my podcast. So she would take the podcast after it was edited, after our, our creative team went through the editing process and the improvement process. And then she would do the SEO side and she would optimize it for views, you know, do the content distribution. Um, you know, she wrote some of our show notes. So if you go to the website, you can still see some of her legacy content from a couple of years ago and read it. Um, and she helped take our blog from like, this is 
maybe back in 2016 or something, she took our blog from like 2,000 monthly readers to 8,000 monthly readers like that because uh, we had taken you know, we put her through our training program, you know, at our company and helped onboard her and she just, she got it. So she'll, so it, obviously we've got like the training program, but she's very naturally gifted at it. And that's why we hired her. Right. And after, after doing that, you know, post-production piece and the distribution piece for our content or for my content, um, she was, you know, she, you have to watch the content to know what to do the SEO for, right. What's the episode about. And she got so inspired by the content that, she was working with that she you know uh picked up her own youtube channel started doing it as a side hustle eventually it became so lucrative that she uh she quit her job at our company and became a uh, a full-time youtuber and uh that's my all-time favorite story and and obviously we were we were bummed to see her go from the agency perspective but uh as a content creator that was like so validating and just feels amazing to know that you helped uh, you know, catapult them uh, to success, and and uh, and she's still YouTubing today. And uh, she went back to school because she that was another one of her dreams she pursued. And and uh, yeah, she's nice. doing great. Uh, that's amazing. And you didn't. It's not like you started your podcast to be like you know. I hope one day that someone who's editing my podcast is going to quit to go do full time influencer kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But uh, that's what happened, and I and and I couldn't be more happy about it. So. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. All right. So let's start off with some advice here. So you you, you work a lot with uh, sponsorships and things like that. So uh, what's your biggest advice to uh, a new influencer? So someone that maybe hasn't started yet or is just starting, like what's your biggest advice uh, for them? My biggest gold nugget for influencers who either are just getting started or maybe want to get that first deal or maybe it's their second or third, right? But they're just starting to build that that momentum up is do a placeholder campaign. When I say placeholder campaign, it's it's a real campaign that you do for a company, but you're not getting paid for it. And they might not even know you're doing it to benefit them. So for example, um, if I really like... Uh, I really like Star Wars. You know, I've got this little trinket here on my desk that I just use for, for fun. If I'm in a Zoom meeting and I'm just playing around with the lightsaber, right? <laughs> I I can do I can take this podcast and I can say, hey, uh, this I I just you know you don't have to say this podcast is sponsored by, but you can say, hey, I just want to really mention to my audience that uh, I got this really cool uh, Star Wars lightsaber at uh, Store XYZ the other day, and man, it is just my anxiety has gone down because when I'm in these intense business meetings, you know, off camera, I'm just kind of playing around with this little battery powered lightsaber. And it's really made a positive impact on my mental health during this pandemic with all the zoom calls going on. Cause it just adds a little bit of that fun that I'm missing from, you know, the good old office days when, you know, I was sitting next to my peers. Uh, and then you, you say something like that, maybe six episodes in a row, and then you say, and if anybody's interested and, in, you know, maybe purchasing this, I, I, I put a link in my description below where you can click and you can buy this product on Amazon or you can buy this product on their Shopify store, StarWarsTrinket.com. And uh, I'm not affiliated in any way. I'm not getting any commission. It's just a really cool product that I really like. So if you're interested in checking it out, let me, uh, the link's in the description. That's step one. Find something that you already like, that you already use, is 100% authentic. This I literally just picked this up. This you don't get much more authentic than spontaneous right. things on my desk, right? And uh, so that's step one. Step two is that link that you put in your description. Whether you're a blog writer, you put that at the end of the article. You're a YouTuber, you put that in the description below. You're a, uh, you're a, you're an influencer on Twitter. You put that in your bio, right? What you do is you use bit.ly, so bit.ly is the URL. And then through that software, it's free of, free of charge. Um, you can shorten URLs from like uh, amazon.com slash Star Wars Trinket slash red lightsaber slash Darth Vader episode four.com. And it's super, super long, right? That's not gonna fit in a tweet. Uh, instead, what you do is you put it into bit.ly, it shortens it up, you can customize it to bit.ly, so bit.ly slash uh, red lightsaber or red or star Wars trinket. And then, so number one, it shortens it. Number two, you can customize it. So it's branded. And number three, this is the most important is it's trackable. It's analytics are built into the tool. So every time somebody clicks that bit.ly link, bit.ly 
adds a tally and it can track, you know, and if you do the paid version, you can get more advanced features for analytics, but even the free version is great for getting started because it shows you graphs of like at what timeline, how many people went and clicked the site or clicked the link to go to the site. And then you can use those analytics as leverage. So I could reach out to said Star Wars trinket company and say, hey, um, I have been promoting your Darth Vader trink or lightsaber on the last six episodes of my podcast. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I just got, you know, I'm, I, I'm just getting started in, you know, building my momentum and building my audience, but I just want to show you some of the traffic that I've sent your way. Um, totally for free. So I've done six episodes here, are the links to the episodes, here's a screenshot of my bit.ly account where you can see when, uh, the, uh, the traffic that I sent your website and you can see I sent 400 people to your website in the last six days. Um, I'd be super curious if you could look up in your Google analytics and see how many sales you got from my traffic because they can do that. If a company is has half a brain about their website, they, they have Google Analytics integrated and they can actually track where their traffic is coming from and they can actually see, oh, we got 400 visitors from this YouTube channel or you know from the, you, this Bitly link. Uh, and from those 400 people who visited our website, uh, 100 of, them of those people added it to cart and 50 people uh, actually went through the checkout process, entered their credit card information, created an account on our Shopify store and purchased it. You know, and if these are $10 a pop at $50 per, uh, or I mean at 50 people, that's $500 in sales. They just made $500 that week from, from you promoting for free their stuff. And they say, oh, then they, when you include that screenshot and they can actually see the traffic that you sent them, your response rate is going to be much greater uh, than, hey, I like your stuff. Can you pay me to promote it? You know, uh, it's kind of like, like give first, then ask. Um, you can say, hey, I've already sent you $500 in sales um, via these 400 uh, people going to your site. Um, I would love to have a discussion about if you're interested in me continuing sending you this traffic, I'd love to have a conversation with you about possibly sponsoring uh, my YouTube channel or my podcast or my blog uh, or my Instagram, etc. Is that helpful? Very helpful. Yeah, that's it's that's an awesome strategy because you know you are pitching something you're authentic about. You're you're sort of taking control uh, of your situation. Like there's no one to blame if you mm -hmm. like if you don't have a sponsor. There's no one to blame really except yourself if you're not even attempting a strategy like this. If you know about mm -hmm. it, because you can you know pick a t pick something to pitch. You can create yep. a link. You can create multiple pieces of content pushing that mm -hmm. link, and then getting the analytics and then following up with the the company and trying to write, get in front of the right person. Um, yeah. And that, that just puts it completely in, in your hands uh, as a, a new yep. and a early edge uh, creator. Yeah. You're, you're, you're eliminating or you're decreasing the luck factor, right? Because let's be real. That is a, a very um, influential metric in the make it or not. Right. So whether it's the YouTube gods and the YouTube algorithm, you know, put your, your video on the trending page, obviously that's where luck comes to play in a little bit. There's like, in my case, Nickelodeon studios, uh, discovered my video and reached out to me. That was luck. You know, it's right. not like I, I didn't reach out to Nickelodeon, uh, in that particular case. Uh, but when you do a strategy like that, you are taking, you're, you're letting luck influence you less and kind of taking control over, uh, getting momentum right and yeah. you're you're putting it more in your ball court which i think anytime you can do that is a no-brainer why would you not yeah so. and if it, and it, worst case if you attempt it and you don't get the click-throughs we'll just keep creating content and then do it again and, and exactly. then keep trying it until you see enough results that you feel ready to, to pitch it out exactly and it's helpful for influencers to actually know like well the reason you're not getting sponsorship deals is because you're not driving any traffic and they're you're not worth the the investment so Influencers, so a lot of times influencers have to put their, themselves in the shoes of the business because the business thinks of this as an investment. It's a marketing expense. And when they invest into marketing, they respect to get a return. So every dollar that they spend, they want to get $5 back in sales or every, uh, every uh, marketing campaign that they, that they promote, they expect to get X amount of booked appointments or demos or, you know, people signing up for their free trial. They, that what that's called as a KPI, a key performance 
uh, indicator. And that is how they measure results of marketing, which influencers are a form of marketing. Um, so one thing that is also helpful is the influencer might do that. Let's say I did that with the Star Wars example and I go, holy shit, nobody clicked that link. Nobody. I had zero traffic. Um, first, I'd test it myself to make sure it's working, right? Let's say then I saw one person visited it and it works, but that one person was me testing it. Um, then you know the problem lies not with uh, the – the problem doesn't lie with the, the, the company identifying if you're a good investment. It's they've identified you're not a good investment or you're, you're, maybe you just quite aren't there yet. Um, and that's where you can start to fine-tune your influencer business uh, because – but if you're trying to make this your full-time gig and make this your career, it's a business. You are a small business owner, you know, and you are the product. And uh, if you find out that you get tons of views, but nobody's engaging with you to the point where they're willing to click on your links or they're willing to support your Patreon or visit your website or follow you on Twitter, then that engagement is poor quality, right? Um, a good example of that is uh, when you jump on a trend like for a 24 hour trend. Um, and we're guilty of this too. When net neutrality was a big thing back in like 2017, um, we did a, a real quick marketing campaign about educating people about net neutrality to pick up on some of that huge spike in traffic. Yeah, we got a ton of views for those videos, but then none of them subscribed. None of them signed up for our newsletter. Nobody clicked on our links to hopefully become a customer of our company. Um, it was purely um, hollow traffic, you know, uh, so that's kind of the difference of, you know, you might have great traffic, but the engagement is low. So yeah. the investment just isn't justifiable. Awesome. Well, that's great advice because it puts the power into, you know, the creator's hands and it helps, uh, you know, assess the situation and you can tweak from there. So that's, that's great advice. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Marshall said the dream. So thanks for tuning in, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about seasoned influencers now, because you you work with a lot of uh, you know larger influencers uh, through your business. Um, mm -hmm. Like what some of, like if you don't mind sharing, like what's some of your secret sauce? Like what's something that like uh, a larger influencer uh, may not be doing that they could be doing that sort of sets uh, what you can do apart from from someone else. What large influencers are doing that uh, yeah, smaller like ones aren't, or. Like, uh, what kind of advice would you give to a larger influencer? Like, what, what's oh. a common thing that you see that they're doing maybe wrong or could improve on? That's a great question. Um, make sure that, uh, assuming they have an agent, make sure that the agent is is worth worth their fees. Um, so, I, I think a, a lot of agencies and agents, you know, that represent you, the fees are large. Transparently, uh, uh, sometimes they'll take up to 70% cut for a deal, right? Um, we don't take that much, but uh, – and I used the example earlier in the meetup of it's it's definitely worth working with an agent because you could either have 100% of a grape or 50% of a watermelon. <laughs> it's a win-win to have half of a watermelon, right? Because right. the agents can – or the company – your, your agency representative can bring you bigger deals. They can justify higher fees. They can help you with the business side of it. They can pitch you better and uh, add more dollar signs behind your bank account, frankly. You know, um, but if you like to have 100% creative you know, control over the, the business side, uh, in addition to the creative, that's where you have 100%, but you might have smaller deals then, fewer deals in your pipe flow. So that's 100% of the great, right? Um, but if I were to give advice to larger influencers who are tuning in, <clears throat> I would say make sure that the they're actually worth it and making sure that they're actually driving um, you the results that you need because sometimes an agency will only get X amount of deals per month and they're going to feed them to their most profitable influencers every single month. So if you're getting left in the dust of, you know, let's say you're on a roster of a hundred influencers at, at said agency um, and they primarily it's a pandemic, so I get it. And let's say that they only have enough business to feed the the, the ten top ten influencers. Um, that's might be a situation where you need to go off and be independent and do represent yourself, or you need to find another agency who is hungry for influencers. They're hungry for that side of their business and partner with them because maybe then you would be their largest influencer, and then you are the number one person on there that you know gets served the deals. Um, so that would be my biggest piece of advice. We get a lot of influencers that reach out to us because we are known for, we don't just 
manage the deals that come with our influencers way, we actually actively pursue and seek out deals for our influencers. So we're, we're managing relationships on both sides. Somebody DMs them and they just forward it to us and they say, Hey, yeah, here's another deal. Let me know how it goes. If you guys sign a contract and I'll just make the content. Um, but we also find the companies make a deal presented to our influencer and say, Hey, we found this company that wants to partner with you. Here's what they're willing to pay you for X, Y, and Z. Do you want to pursue this campaign? And they say, absolutely. That's, um, so that's, that's my biggest piece of advice is find an agent that works for you. Right. Um, and isn't just a one way. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a different perspective than a lot of people that have, you know, larger audiences may be missing because, uh, you know, a lot of times they try to make it out on their own. And I've talked, I know I've talked to a lot of larger influencers that maybe are bringing an income in certain ways, but not through sponsorships. And mm -hmm. it might be because maybe they don't have the bandwidth for it. So. Uh, just having that as a thought that goes through your head to be like, hey, you know, maybe an agency as an option uh, is even uh, something else to consider too. Totally. And, and a lot of influencers, the reason they're influencers is because they're really good at their craft, like really good. And uh, they've just found a way to make it a living by uh, providing entertainment or education or whatever it is the case for an audience. Um, so if you're a, a woodworker, like I, I, just, I came across, TikTok is notorious for this, that like, oh, you get into the woodworking TikTok or the lawn care TikTok. And somehow I, like the TikTok algorithm just like knew that I liked woodworking and it started showing me woodworking videos. And then essentially I'm like just hours deep into like these <laughs> weird, weird TikToks. And I'm like, how are these, how, how are these people making a living on like, like there's gotta be just such a small niche, but you know, you, you forget that there's 8 billion people in the world and out of those 8 billion people, uh, there's going to be a, a, a teeny fraction of them are into so into woodworking that there's an entire, you know, you can have an entire business and it, you can live your entire career off of making fun videos of how like little tips and tricks for how yeah. to use a bandsaw better, better, you know, because yeah. out of 8 billion people, a fraction of a percent is still 10 million people, you know, yeah. so even in the meetup that you spoke at earlier today, uh, one of the guys in there has a wood turning YouTube channel with uh, 35,000 subscribers. And exactly, that's exactly. turning. It's very, it's, it's a niche within the wood, you know, right, right. Yeah, very specific, but that it works. So yeah, awesome. Well, uh, thanks for the okay. advice. So let's jump into your story now a little bit. Um, yeah. So when did you start sharing in a bigger way? Like, let's let's go to the beginning here. Like, did, <laughs> like, what did that look like? When was that? Uh, you know, when did you like start putting your voice out there? Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I started in twenty six January of twenty sixteen. I think I made my first YouTube video, and it was about Twitter. Because okay, well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I, okay, I was in college. I was in college and I heard Guy Kawasaki speak. He's the, he used to be the chief evangelist for Apple uh, way back in the day. And now he's a shareholder and the chief evangelist for Canva. If people are familiar with the Canva, it's like a, a very user-friendly version of Photoshop. And uh, so Guy, I heard Guy Kawasaki speak uh, my first week of college. I, was, I got a scholarship for entrepreneurship um, at the University of St. Thomas in, in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And uh, part of that program, part of getting that scholarship is you got to come in like a week early before everybody else was on campus and go through this like entrepreneurial boot camp type thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, they had Guy Kawasaki come speak as the keynote for the end of that, you know, program. Um, and uh, he was talking about uh, thought leadership and how entrepreneurs are, you know, leading, you know, like are, they're literally their job description is being leaders of companies and starting companies and building uh, businesses that employ and create jobs and create health, wealth, love, happiness. Right. And uh, it's like what keeps things going. Right. And that was just so inspiring to me. Um, and I was all, obviously already super, super into entrepreneurship. I had a business, my first legitimate business when I was like 14 years old that we can dive into more. But um, he inspired me to the point where I thought, yeah, I, I want to start practicing thought leadership. So that way, as I scale my businesses, my scale, my companies, I'm a better leader for them. Um, so I started by, uh, I started on Twitter because I felt like there, that was just something that I wanted to, I, just, I don't know, I just picked Twitter. <laughs> and I started tweeting, um, 
content to, to, but I did not, I was not a thought leader myself at that point. Like I, I didn't have the authority or the experience to like do some quote, you know, right. from Dick Polipnik. I had no experience or nothing worthy quote, you know, quoting. So what I did is I started pulling quotes from other people, creating these graphics using Canva and I would put them on my Twitter and then I would tag the people that they were quotes from. And I would just make these really beautiful graphics. So number one, it got me good good practice with graphic design. Number two, it started helping me with my networking because um, sometimes those influencers that I would tag and quote would actually reply. And then we'd start a conversation and that's how I started building my network out. And you know, some of that's just pure luck of the like happening to be in a good mood when some random, you know, college kid, you know, tags him in a tweet back in the day. But um that's kind of how I got started. And I eventually built it up to like, uh, 9,000 followers. And, uh, and, uh, I made a YouTube video in January, 2016, where I was like, at that point, I felt like I had a little bit of, uh, authority of like, how did I get, I literally opened up my, or my Twitter account, like right after that keynote for the first time, you know what I mean? So how did I op go from opening a Twitter account and then like six months later having 9,000 followers, which was way more than any of the friends that I had, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how I did it. Cause I was like feeling so inspired. Like, then I said, well, I did this to my channel. I did this. And, um, that was my first YouTube video and it actually, and then this is another, I'm totally aware that, you know, luck plays a piece into it, but the YouTube algorithm, uh, put it in its favor and it, it was like the number one result for like several keywords related to that topic for years and uh, it had got pretty good traffic and that's what kind of established my first base of subscribers for YouTube uh, way back in the day so that's that's the origin story all right so we'll talk a little bit more about that here so you you intentionally started Twitter to because you knew that you wanted to grow your thought leadership so that one day you could be a better leader. Um, mm -hmm. So that's sort of what sparked you to start your journey of, sh yeah. of sharing. And you did it through a way that was pretty easy to start sharing because you, you took quotes from other people, you created uh, artwork and you, you shared it on Twitter, tagged people. So it wasn't necessarily putting your voice out there uh, you know, specifically. No. Um, so it's like easing your way into that and getting some experience mm -hmm. uh, for what you know helps through the process. And mm -hmm. then, uh, and then you started the, the YouTube video uh, talking about how you did that. Like, what did that video look like? Were you talking to the camera? Were you on camera? Uh, was that... Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I t uh, what was, I think it was called Photo Booth. Was that the old program, like, way back in the day, like, on old Macs that, like, uh, you could, like, do, like, that was, like, the first thing that had, like, filters. Do you remember that? I do remember yeah, that. I, so, so I would take, I would open up Photo Booth. And I dragged it to the bottom left of my screen. And then I think I had the browser open on like the other half of the screen where I had my Twitter. And then I just used like QuickTime to screen record it or something, whatever the program was back then. And uh, that's because I had zero, zero editing experience. So I was like, how do I get a camera like in the corner of the video while also <laughs> doing a screen? And I'm like, well, do you just do a recording and then put it in a screen share, you know what I mean? But I didn't know that. So I literally had one window <laughs> showing my camera feed and then the other with the browser. And then I just re recorded the screen like that. And nice. that's so really uh duct tape bootstrapped it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you started out right. Like, you know, putting your, yourself out there, which is, that's a big leap going from posting quotes of other people to now you're on video and sharing something. It's sort of, vulnerable to, to an accomplishment mm -hmm. that you made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so what was going through your head when you, when you posted that video, were you nervous? Did you, did you worry about how people might perceive it? Like what was going through your head there? I, uh, <laughs> I did it all within like 48 hours because, uh, holy crap. Did I do that in four months? Yeah. Okay. So let's say August, I started the Twitter, right? I started Twitter. Um, I decided to drop out by November. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, the entrepreneurial itch was just too strong um, for me. Um, in school, just wasn't my thing. So I, I decided to drop out. Uh, I, I stayed till the end of the semester, obviously. But, uh, and so I, I stayed through um, the end of that semester, that first semester. So I only went to one semester of college. 
dropped out. And then that January, I made that video. So I guess I oh, wow. did even faster than six months, I thought. Um, so I part of that was like, I kind of went through that, you know, very stereotypical, like, I want to be inspired and find myself, my true self, you know, and whatever. And, and which is, I, I'm making fun of myself, but like, I'm, it was awesome. Great experience. And I decided to go on a backpacking trip through Central America um, when I was, how old would I have been? Like 18, 19, something like that. And then uh, I wanted to kind of set up, the, like kind of experiment with like a little bit of an automated business, online business while I was backpacking just to see if I could get momentum and see what happened. So like within 48 hours, of like my plane leaving where I wasn't going to have Wi-Fi for six months. Right. I, uh, cause I, this is, you'll see that I just like jump in the deep end, like a ton. That's like a very repetitive theme. Um, I, I like had no context of like hostels and like what there's Wi-Fi at coffee shops. Like I was like, I'm going to be in the jungle with a machete. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was, uh, I was like expecting like zero Wi-Fi, And uh, so I didn't bring any, I didn't bring any laptops or nothing. So, I uh, built. I, I wrote a mini ebook talking about how I did the Twitter thing, and then I made that video, and then I built like a little bit of a marketing funnel around it, and those were like the three assets. And then I did that within like 24 hours, and I was literally, uh, I literally like was like submitting the book on Amazon, uh, on the Kindle store, like at three in the morning when I had to get up at five in the morning to go go to my flight. So I got like two hours of sleep that night, and. Uh, then I was on a backpacking trip for a couple of months without any internet. Um, and then when I came back, that YouTube video had like a ton of views. I had a ton of people who downloaded the book. And you know, so there was nice. that luck piece. And I, yeah, I kind of rambled there for a little bit, but kind of fun stories. So Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, but but I backtracking a little bit, like, you know, you, so you're someone that jumps into the deep end. Did you, did, what was going through your head when you created that first video and posted it? Did you have you know, like you, you never really put your video out there before that, uh, based on how you're talking. So, uh, mm -hmm. like what was going through your head when you pushed like submit or upload to YouTube, like, you know, any barriers that you had to overcome through that process? Yeah. Uh, well, tons of barriers. I was, a, uh, um, I say I jump in the deep end, but like I, I, I do a ton of due diligence, like a ton. So I, even though I did the production, in 48 hours, I was, I was researching it for months beforehand of like, what does an online business look like? What does, um, influencer marketing look like? What does thought leadership look like? You know? And, and it's like, I was learning it through my own practice of, you know, making, you know, building my Twitter account. Right. So I was actively practicing and immediately implementing the things that I was learning. And uh, that was super helpful. So I, I don't want to underestimate the the due diligence and the sweat equity that it takes. Um, I say I, I don't want, to, want people to think, oh, this, you know, Dick just got super, super lucky with the algorithm or whatever. It was a shit ton of effort. And like I optimized the crap out of that stuff. And I, I looked up like word for word the script I was going to write. And like I put a ton of effort into it beforehand and due diligence. So that way when I did make my MVP, that first video, uh, that first uh, you know, splash page that it had a ton of research behind it. It had a ton of trial and error practicing it before I publicly released it kind of stuff. Um, so I was, I was so, so confident when you that when you recorded that video, did you record it multiple times? Like, did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I, I would hope that everybody would, you know, everybody kind of looks at that, you know, their first take of their first video and, a couple of years later, you just cringe and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I thought that was decent or, or like, you know, yeah. so yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, Even that's now I look hear. back. Yeah. That's something we hear a lot about. Like I'll ask for, for advice on overcoming barriers and, you know, oftentimes, especially YouTubers can be like, well, you can record content, but it doesn't mean you have to post it. So like, yeah. you know, that's a perfect example is you recorded it, researched it, recorded it, researched it tweaked mm -hmm. it, made those mistakes, mm -hmm. and then released something you were comfortable with after, after yeah. all that. I've got some stories of, oh my God, there is a, I don't want to say their name, but I had a guest come to be on my show and I forgot to click record. <sighs> I just looked up when you said that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're just making sure we're live streaming, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and it was like a big name, like, like B-list celebrity. You know what I mean? Um, 
And I, 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 it was one of those things that like the stars aligned for them to like, for me to like actually get in touch with them. And then like, they were in a great mood and we're like, yeah, I'll be on your show. And I was like, holy shit, my life is about to change just from having this person's name right on my show. And I forgot to click the record button. And to, I even now I'm like still kicking myself because it was one of those deals where it was like, they were too big of a name to like reach back out and be like, Hey, so I forgot to click record. Would you be okay <laughs> with coming back and doing it again? You know what I mean? Like, no way, you know? <laughs> so I, I just know. really learn from your mistakes. And now I'm like, you know, I've got that PTSD of like always making sure that it's recording <laughs> and I have a backup of the backup of the backup. You know what I mean? And you learn from your mistakes. So. Yeah. yeah. I talked to uh, Dave Jackson. I don't know if you know him. He's in the podcasters hall of fame. He's a big podcaster. And awesome. uh, he says that uh, you're not a real podcaster unless you've gone through one of those where you forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Initiation or a sign of, you know, you, you've, you've been through the fire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that story. It's, it's amazing. Even though Marshall said a crazy story. So thanks for that, Marshall. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Marshall. All right. So, um, you know, what what made you want to get that like thought leadership? Like, uh, like, why did you give yourself permission to start that Twitter and then go event- eventually to the YouTube uh, shortly after? Like, you know, what was going through your head? Like, what, how did you give yourself permission to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I give a lot of credit to. Uh, my mentor is growing up. I, uh, I, I, okay. So one of my favorite stories is a lot of times when I'm a guest on a podcast, they ask, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? And my answer to that is the best piece of advice I was ever given was from my dad who I asked him, I was building up my company when I was in high school. I had a, I had a, a property maintenance business, uh, that I started with just myself, a, a single gas can and a push lawnmower and this little red trailer that I'd pull physically because I didn't have a driver's license because I was 14, right? And I'd go door to door around town pulling a trailer with this equipment and uh, built that business to the point where I acquired a, co- a competitor when I was uh, 17 years old. And by the time I graduated high school, I had 21 people uh, employed uh, wow. working for me. So it was a good business, right? And uh, did that, totally funded it myself, you know, with just like my I don't know, your birthday money that your grandma gives you for like, so I had like two grand in my bank or something, you know what I mean? So, um, and that's how I got started. Right. And then, uh, uh, it some, it, it throughout that journey of building that business in high school, I asked my dad about an HR question because I was like, I got like six people working for me at this point and I'm getting really, I'm facing problems I've never faced before at this scale. And how do I manage those, those team members? And he looked at me and he said, Dick, you employ more people than I have, <laughs> than I employ. I do not know the answer to the question you're asking. You need to ask people who have been where you want to go. And that was the best piece of advice I've ever been given is his piece of advice was telling me, ask from people who have been where you want to go. And uh, so I credit my That's dad huge. for pointing me that direction totally. And it caused this domino effect of, okay, so if I'm asking a question about how do I manage these six employees for mowing lawns and trimming bushes and doing landscaping? I went and I, I talked to uh, a, a landscaping business owner who had 20 employees. And I said, how do you manage it? And he said, Oh, just use this spreadsheet. And that was like, blew my mind. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> Oh, it makes it all make sense. You know? <laughs> um, so that, and then, you know, as you find other problems, you seek out those people. And I made a habit when I was a kid or growing up in high school, that eventually I started doing that so often and I was like getting such a great return on investment for my time that I, I would buy these guys lunch. And, uh, I love, I, I can't remember who said it. Um, but somebody, somebody famous, uh, gosh, was it, I, maybe it was Warren Buffett or Robert Kiyosaki, one of those guys, somebody like that said, um, poor people should buy rich people lunch as often as possible. And, uh, to read between the lines, it's because like the value that you're getting from just simply having a conversation from somebody who's years ahead of where you want to be is worth the, you know, even I remember being like 15 and like meeting up with these millionaires, asking them questions about business. Um, and I'd pay for like a hundred dollar lunch, which to me at the time was like, 
oh my God, this is like <laughs> two weeks worth of work for me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but like I, those are the best dollars that I ever spent. Uh, and I still, to this day, I, I, every dollar I can spend on a, some a rich guy's meal, uh, gets returned to me through what I learned during that conversation a hundredfold. Um, and I totally went like three different rabbit holes, but what was your original question? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Cause uh, those rabbit holes were given tons of value and I, I couldn't agree more uh, on that. I mean, that's, I think that, you know, we've got all kinds of influencers who are listening to this and part of the community. Mm -hmm. And yeah. one thing that I think, uh, podcasting gives is the opportunities for those conversations that, you know, it's much easier mm -hmm. to talk to people that you want to talk to when you say, Hey, you want to be a guest on my podcast instead of like, oh. Hey, can I have a phone call or even potentially like, can I buy you lunch? Um, mm -hmm. and, and so podcasting is great for being able to have those, uh, doors open, those conversations, uh, specifically totally. as a form of uh, influence. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point. Um, in addition to, cause a lot of the people, I, I made the habit of trying to interview somebody like that once a week via lunch. And, uh, over time, as I started getting into, you know, you know, you go from Twitter to YouTube to podcast, whatever. Um, and I started building up my own brand and having my own content, my own thought leadership. I still leverage other people's expertise because they've done things and have experienced things that I have not yet, or maybe we never will. Right. So in addition to the lunches, you're totally right. Podcasting is not just a way for you to uh, build a business as, a, as an influencer, but it's also a great way to get the attention and have conversations with people that you would otherwise have would be inaccessible to you. So sometimes if there's somebody I want to have a conversation with, I'm a small business owner. You know, I've got a small media company uh, and I say, hey, can I buy you lunch? They're like, dude, like they won't even respond. They're going to have an auto, you know, their secretary is going to, you know, the gatekeeper is going to say, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, are you, you know, yeah. <laughs> are you from Target and are you bringing us a billion dollar deal or not? You know, and no. So, okay. Like, stop wasting our time. But when you reach out and s instead of asking them for a meal, you say, hey, I've got a podcast with X amount of listeners. Uh, I'd love to interview you. Then they're willing to talk. Right? right. So, uh, it's a great alternative of getting those conversations. Yeah. yeah. And that's similar to like what I'm doing with this. Like even before starting my podcast, I had a YouTuber who with over a million subscribers who was willing to be a guest. And it, this is someone like that was on a panel at a conference. And I just walked up to him and asked him and he's like, sure. Um, yeah. and th that door would have never, I, I couldn't have be like, Hey, can I have a follow-up phone call with you to talk? <laughs> Or like, can to I ask your advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, the podcast definitely opened doors for that. And it's mm -hmm. something I'm trying to grow at. Like I'm trying to be more authentic and, you know, thought leadership. And that's a big reason for me too. Mm -hmm. As an entrepreneur, like I've started, built and sold a business. I started a business. I've grown mm -hmm. like 200,000 followers for one of them right now. And, mm -hmm. um, like I'm seeing that in the future, I want to be able to be a face of a brand and be willing to stand on stages and talk about what it is that this business is. And I knew I couldn't do that without self-developing. So it's, th this Definitely. podcast is big self-development for me. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so, so, you know, thinking back to who you were when you started posted that first YouTube video to, mm -hmm. uh, who you are today, now that you've done those YouTube videos, you've done podcasting, um, all that, like, how would you say you've changed as like a person, like, you know, whether it's self-development related or, or whatever, uh, how do you, how do you think that you have changed, uh, from then to today? I have gained a lot more patience and, uh, that's something I, uh, I still don't have that as a quality, but, uh, it's something I'm working on. Right. And when I first started out, I wanted like results like yesterday and I wanted traction yesterday. And I wanted momentum now and uh, I would get frustrated when a video that I put a lot of my heart and soul and time into would get two views because, you know, the YouTube algorithm just didn't, didn't uh, favor it. Right. And then someone that I like some basketball video with my grandma uh, gets, gets good views. And then uh, a licensing deal with Nickelodeon, you know what I mean? Like really like <laughs> what about the videos that I'm putting like thousands of hours into and, you know, my heart and soul into the content and then like a little, 
video of my grandma blows up like really you know <laughs> so uh one thing i i've I, how i've changed as a person is uh my perspective has changed to a lot more patient of an approach and playing for the long term and playing the long game because i'm you know as a young person you know you think like and i totally need to walk this this line very very delicately because i'm a huge advocate for like following your dreams and pursuing the life you want to live, but I'm also a realist in the sense that like, if you're four foot two, um, the odds, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and the odds of you being a professional NBA player are very, 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 very low. Right. So like, yeah, but I want to be an NBA player and I want to, you know, uh, slam dunk. And it's like, well, uh, you're four foot two. So the odds of that happening, like you can still do it. It's still possible, but it's you, you are going to be one in that eight billion for some reason. You must have a huge jump, right? You know, uh, so you have to be realistic about fate, luck, and you know, yeah. biology. And you know, you might not have the build for it, or uh, in a lot of cases, you might not. Maybe you were, um, you, you get the idea. So it's finding that balance between yes, we should follow our dreams, and but you also have to be practical about um, the situations you're born into. For example, um, one of the reasons I had to get more patient is I had I was diagnosed with kidney failure at age 19, and uh, it was like this really bad ordeal. I almost died a couple of times. It was like very sudden in the Sorry, sense yeah. of like, yeah, no, we're good now. Uh, but thanks. Um, but uh, as a 19 year old who is you know had tubes sticking out of you know blood vest you know vessels in your neck, uh, and you, I had to go to a machine to get my blood cleaned three times a week. And, uh, it was me and a bunch of 70 year olds and 80 year olds, you know, <laughs> and, uh, just that putting that in perspective of like, holy shit, you know, uh, life is so finite. Um, so there is that sense of urgency and rush because, you know, life is very delicate and life could be short, you know, um, much more than you expect, but then it also gives that sense of patience and like being in the moment and being present and enjoying where you're at in the journey and as cliche as it sounds, the reason it's cliche, it's because it's true is you have to value the journey. Not, not so much live for the destination. And yeah. uh, that's, if I were to say that's, that's the biggest thing that's changed is my patience. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I didn't start out the podcast asking this, but I've been requested a lot. And so the past, you know, good, maybe dozen or so episodes I've been asking it, but, um, from just like a high level and whatever you're comfortable with sharing, um, do you mind sharing like your income sources as an influencer? I know you got a business, uh, mm -hmm. sort of tied into it, but, uh, just like income sources, uh, as an influencer, maybe as for yourself. And then, um, if you, if you want to add extra things for maybe what you've seen, cause you do interact with a lot of influencers as like mm -hmm. other income sources that you've seen that have worked, um, that'd be yeah. uh, great to hear. Yeah. So high level myself personally, uh, my vast majority of my income comes from uh, my company, Online Growth Systems, which is uh, we're a full, uh, what we call full stack media and marketing company. So we do everything from software development. We're building apps for iOS, Android, um, uh, web. You know what I mean? Uh, we're doing marketing campaigns for huge e-commerce and SaaS brands and, and uh, retail brands and you name it. Um, so that's that's the majority of my income is from Online Growth Systems, doing that marketing, software development, video production stuff. And then there's a small fraction of my income, which does come from my personal brand as an influencer. And then out of that breakdown, um, a chunk of it is from licensing deals and recurring stuff like that. So um, whenever Nickelodeon uses one of our clips that they've got a license for, we get uh, we get a royalty fee um, or I get a royalty fee. Uh, we also monetize uh, some of our content in the sense of we write a blog post and it's a tool that we absolutely recommend for our clients or I use a lot, you know, in my personal brand, um, I'll include an affiliate link at the end of the blog article and say, Hey, full disclosure, I'm an affiliate of this product. Um, so if you purchase it and I get a percentage, but, uh, I wouldn't be recommending it if I didn't use it myself. And, uh, um, so we, uh, a good chunk of, I would actually say the most of my influencer income comes from, um, affiliate deals like that. Um, because I, um, will reach out to a company and say, Hey, I love your product. Like I, the example I gave earlier, 
hey, I love your product. I've been sending you a ton of traffic. This actually happened to me. I, I totally forgot <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> I, I actually took my own advice. Wow. I forgot. Nice. Uh, this is so many years ago, though. But um, uh, I had a product that I really liked. And I not only did I use it, but I force all of my employees to learn it when they get onboarded. So when they first join our company, they have to learn the tool because it's just so great that like you have to do it. Uh, in, in fact, this is so serendipitous. Joy, the person that uh, worked for me and then left to go start her own YouTube channel, one of the tools that she used uh, to help her grow our channel and continue to grow hers after you know she did it full time for herself um, was uh, this tool and um, or this uh, this this product. And uh, so I was promoting it a lot internally in our team. Our team loved it. It fueled our growth. It fueled our clients' growth. It fueled Joy's growth. And I was recommending it on our blog to our readers. And it got so much traffic. It was the number one or no, number two search result for that keyword. And number one was the product itself. So it went their product, <laughs> us talking nice. about it, right? And then uh, they reached out to us and they said, hey, we got a ton of traffic from you guys and we're making a lot of money from your blogs that you're writing about us uh we would love to hook you up with an affiliate uh agreement and uh so every traffic you send to us you know you get a cut of it and we're like sure it's already written we'll just swap out the urls to the one that you know gives us credit for it and uh so we did that and and that worked great um so hopefully people that's who are great. listening can can learn from that um so that's to this day that is a large portion of my influencer income is from that kind of stuff yeah. And then, uh, uh, well, specifically yeah. on that, uh, if you don't mind sharing, um, if you want to maybe mention the tool and uh, you can send me the, the link to the blog page after and I'll put it in the description for this. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, um, uh, if they go to online growth systems.com slash recommended, I think recommended is the URL, uh, in there, you can see some of our affiliate deals like I'm talking about. And, um, um, the one particularly from that well, gosh, just for non-disclosure reasons, I don't know if I'm allowed to, and I don't remember off the top of my head because okay. it was so many years yeah, no, ago. No worries. But um, uh, it, like, I, I for sure can say who it is because I do it in the article, but I don't know if I want to say the Top backstory titles. of why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. I fully understand that and respect it. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Cool. Uh, so, so yeah. as far as incomes go then for people that you've seen because you do uh, negotiate on behalf of other people uh, so yes I, th I think you're exposed to a lot is there anything else that you think maybe people should consider when you know, yeah doing their influencer business that's a great question so uh in complete honesty i would not normally be uh an influencer that online growth systems would represent because i'm personally too small for our agency but guess what one of the perks of <laughs> being a shareholder is you get to you get to force it right so uh i get much better representation than i'm than i than the scale that i'm currently at justifies mm -hmm. but um <clears throat> so for our influencers that we represent um that um a majority of their income comes from campaigns that either we are working with our clients on so like let's say an e-commerce brand says hey we want to do a huge push for black friday and uh, we want to do majority of that uh, advertising through digital mediums so instead of tv and radio and billboards we want to do it mostly on social media great then we look at do advertisements make sense? Do, does an email campaign make sense? Do Does the thought leadership, maybe you make your own videos, maybe you write your own blogs, does that make sense? And then as you know, as we whittle it down, in the case where influencer marketing makes the most sense for them from a return on investment standpoint, right? Every dollar they spend, they want to get four back. Well, in this particular marketing case, um, we think influencers are your best bang for your buck. When it gets to that, when it gets whittled down to that is the solution. We look at then what's their product, who is their target customer, and then where the business's target customer is the same as an influencer's fan base and audience. When those two are the same, that's when we align them and we we contact, you know, first we figure out our client's budget. Let's say they've got X amount of dollars to spend per month. Um, we say, okay, we're going to spend this much on Twitter, this much on Instagram. Let's reach out to our uh, Instagram influencers that have that audience alignment with their customer base. And then we'll say, hey, um, we've got this much budget. We think that we can do, let's say, um, 
eight stories throughout these two weeks, you know, on your Instagram stories, we want to do um, six Instagram reels and we want to do uh, a post once a week on your feed, you know, whether it's a video or a, or a picture. And then we want you to save all of those eight stories into a highlight uh, on your Instagram profile. And that's what the contract looks like. And then here's what compensation would be like. So in addition to those deliverables, they, you know, we integrate with several softwares since we represent them to pull in their analytics. So that way the creative, the influencers in most cases with us, they just want to do the creative. They just want to have fun and like make the content and do the fun stuff. They don't want to like redo the contracts and, and screenshot the analytics and create a PDF report and tell them what the return on investment was like, that's just not what they're interested in. You know, they want to make, they want to do comedy. They want to, um, you know, cook food, whatever it is that they're doing. Right. So that's where we come in and, and that's majority of our, our influencers that we represent. It's through a campaign, like I just described, where the exchange is um, content and, del- and delivering to their audience in exchange for financial compensation. So awesome. that's a majority of where their income comes from. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Good. All right. So before I cool. uh, open the floor and tell people or have you share like how you want people to engage with you and follow up with you. Um, knowing that we have a lot of people who are maybe trying to overcome barriers to start sharing or people that are already sharing that want to level up. Um, do you have any last words for our listeners here today? Good question. Um, biggest takeaway, golden nugget, if you're looking for a, um, a nugget to, for a takeaway is just get started. And uh, like I said earlier, jump in the deep end because I can only speak from experience and I can say that from my experience, it that's the way to do it. Unless you're born into a, you know, unless you're born into the 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 Kardashian family where you don't need to jump in the deep end because you were born with a camera in your face and <laughs> you're, you're going to be famous no matter what. You know what I mean? Most of us is that's not the case, right? So you have to work to gain your clout. You have to work to get to build that influence and build your audience uh, and your fan base. And how you do that, and, and I'm kind of echoing what I said earlier in the meetup from before is. Uh, start just just start making content and put it out there for free. And uh, if you're only doing it for financial reasons, uh, don't do it. You should do it because you love it. You should do it because you enjoy it. And then, if it's lucrative, that's just a perk that you get to do it full time. You know, I mean, uh, if you want to be an influencer, it should be something that you're willing to do evenings and weekends in your free time because you love it and it's just a hobby. Right. All you got to do is just throw a camera in front of you or you got to just write about your process. If you like wood turning, just record yourself wood turning. Right. You know what I mean? And then so that that would be my biggest piece of advice is just get started. Everybody has that fear of entry, that that barrier to entry like you're talking about where they think they have to have a five thousand dollar you know, Sony camera or a Canon camera. Um, they think they have to have they have to have the chops with Final Cut Pro. And that's just not true. You can use a webcam uh, that's built into your Mac, uh, and you can you can use free tools like Anchor for your podcast, and you can use YouTube for video. And there's so many free resources uh, out there. And technology has decreased that barrier to entry. Back in the '50s, you had to be somebody. You know, perfect example is music. Back in the day, and I think this is actually the pinned tweet on my my Twitter, but. Uh, Back in the day, you had to, you only knew like a dozen famous singers, right? Like you knew Frank Sinatra. And the only reason you knew Frank Sinatra is because he knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy who he was born in the right family or whatever. He had, he had that top 1% voice on the, on the planet and he was able to ink a deal with, you know, company so-and-so and get distribution. And that's why there was like Frank Sinatra is the guy, right? And then, but now you've got Spotify. And it's like democratized and like opened the floodgates to anybody can make music versus before you had to be Frank Sinatra to make music because you don't, you need a professional studio. You need the distribution. You need a record label to distribute your music. Now, anybody with an internet connection and a smart home device uh, can access your music without a record label, without an inked deal, without a, a recording studio. You can buy a, a $100 mic on Amazon or even no, just use the one that's built into your computer and the barrier to entry has been lowered by technology. And uh, I think that should be something that is encouraging for people who are thinking about getting started or who might be sitting on that fence and trying to decide. So, 
Yes. Well, so you hear that you should just uh, get started. I mean, if you think about how the world was 50 years ago and how big the barrier was to get started. Um, it's significantly dropped now. And uh, so the, really just use what you got, get started, and you can evolve from there. Uh, great advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bet. So uh, how can someone just like send you a private message and say thank you? Or how do you uh, prefer maybe people engage with you that's uh, who, who's listening to the show here today? Great question. Uh, reach out to me on any of my social media. Um, since I'm a marketer, I, I, I have to be active on all of them. And, uh, you know, since I'm a, um, I've got that influencer a part of my life as well, uh, I also try to be active on, on all those platforms. Um, so uh, as far as like engaging with me, um, they can go to my website, onlinegrowthsystems.com. And uh, there you can see links to all of my social media. Um, in the thought leadership pieces, like our podcast, YouTube channel, blog, whatever. And then there's also the business side of it. So if you're a company that's listening and you want to work on influencer marketing, or if you're an influencer and uh, you're large enough where you uh, want to be represented in deals, um, that you can reach out to me that as well. Uh, but uh, that's probably like the one-stop shop for resources. If you want to send me a private DM, best platform is probably... Um, probably LinkedIn and make sure that you include a message because I otherwise I will decline it. <laughs> I do yeah. not accept uh, blind requests of people I don't know. So uh, put that in the note when you're sending the request. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to link uh, all that in the description and in the show notes uh, for this episode. So it's easy for someone can just uh, scroll down and go to that and send you a message. Perfect. So, so if you're listening today and you got some value, definitely uh, shoot Dick a, a message and just tell him thank you and tell him maybe you know, what you learned today. And, and it's, it's awesome hearing feedback. Uh, so just make sure you send something his way. That'd be great. Um, awesome. We had a last minute question come in here from Marshall. Uh, do you think your YouTube profile picture matters? So he's, he's wondering if uh, the, the profile <laughs> picture matters. Um, well, Marshall, I'm looking at yours right now and I, I like it. So if you're concerned about yours, uh, I looks good, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I would say it does matter, but like barely, you know what I mean? Like I would say it's more, it would matter if you had a bad one, right? So if you had a bad one of like, let's say a rubber ducky and you're trying to be a business, business thought leader, then it's negatively hurting it. Then yes, it does influence your, your thing. Otherwise, if you have any, if you have a decent photo, um, there's no like that, that is not what you should be spending your time on optimizing. You should be optimizing your your keywords, your SEO, the quality of your editing, the quality of your entertainment factor. Those are much better return on investment for your time. Um, but I would say it, it would matter if it's bad. Does that, does that make sense, Jeremy? Did I answer that? Yeah, no way yeah. that makes sense? Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, all right. So before I let you go, I like to ask for feedback because I am trying to self-develop and grow and to be better. I know that yeah. you found me, you, you mentioned you listened to a couple episodes and, um, and then you attended my meetup. Now you've guest spoken at my meetup and now you've been a guest on my podcast. So I'm curious, you know, if you have any feedback for me, whether positive or constructive, just like what, what you think about what's going on, you know, any kind of feedback. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would ask your guests. And maybe you, you were planning on doing this, but uh, um, I would ask your guests to share the episode um, after it's produced and launched with their audience, because that way you're able to leverage their audience and their clout um, to build yours. So like, you know, that I got, you know, a couple thousand followers on Twitter. Uh, I would say, hey, Dick, here's the link, make it as easy as possible and say, like, here's the link to the uh, podcast episode you're on. If you want your audience, if you thought you provided value. Um, in it, you could phrase it super clever. Like if you think you provided value, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in my episode, I'd love for you to share it with your Twitter audience. You know what I mean, and then, well, yeah, I think I had value in it. Okay. <laughs> you gotta, you know, have tact obviously, but, um, something that we do is we ask our guests to post the episodes and that way, if they've got, you know, a million followers on Twitter or Instagram, um, maybe we'll get a, a hundred subscribers from it or new listeners who discover our content. So, yeah, hey, I appreciate that. I'll be following up with you uh, with a strategic <laughs> comment. There you go. It's going to be, yeah, my, the bar is going to be high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, Dick, for coming on here. For first of all, speaking at the meetup, that was awesome. We had a large turnout today. Um, close to fifty yeah. people uh, showed up because we partnered with the local podcast uh, meetup yeah. as well. It's always a good sign when when you see the little in Zoom when you see the arrow because there's not enough people that fit on one screen. There's multiple screens of of people's cameras. So when yes. I saw that, the second I got on, I went, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you're listening today and you got value from this content um, and you want maybe to, to learn more, maybe get more engaged with the community, um, you can go to my website, whyinfluence.com slash community, or it's just community at the top. And you can come to our, our weekly meetup that's every Thursday and, uh, you know, hear some of the back end, uh, behind the scenes knowledge from people like Dick uh, in learn and network with the people in the community. We do breakout sessions and you can network with other creators. Um, I know Marshall has been watching us here. He, he was there as well. He, <laughs> he said rubber duckies are cool. <laughs> Look up um, the Ted talk about rubber duckies, Marshall. You'll get a, you'll get a good kick out of it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I definitely encourage you to engage with the community. Otherwise just, I, I thank you for listening and watching today. And, um, you know, again, uh, Today is sponsored by uh, TubeBuddy. Uh, TubeBuddy is a, a, a plugin for your internet browser to help you optimize on YouTube. Um, so we're able to give away a three-month uh, paid plan at the meetups uh, to a random person. So that's uh, some cool perks that we get with TubeBuddy and a 30-day free uh, free trial, uh, which is in the link in the description. If you create YouTube content, you should definitely uh, check it out. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, Dick. I really appreciate you sharing today. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Jeremy. This was a ton of fun. And uh, I look forward to uh, checking the episode out and uh, distributing it to my audience and hopefully uh, cross-pollinating on that front and and uh, just to strengthen your uh, endorsement so maybe they'll renew a, a sponsorship with you. I, I'll also endorse TubeBuddy. That's a huge tool that we use at our company, not just for my content, but for a lot of our clients' content. And uh, they're awesome. Shout out to Phil, who's uh, one of the shareholders there. Uh, he and I are uh, buddies. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, actually, awesome. next next week, we got uh, Rob, who is at TubeBuddy. He's going to be pit, uh, speaking at our awesome. meetup, and he's going to be a guest on the podcast. So we're doing a similar thing today with, with Rob next week. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, kind of a fun thing with them is uh, they've got a really solid Discord community, which, uh, which from a marketing perspective, is something that's gaining a lot of momentum. Um, so something to maybe ask him about. So Yeah, sounds great. All right.